Hello. My name is Dr. Fabrice Robert Lubin, and I am a clinical psychologist. And I am Rachel Wagner, and I am a clinical therapist. Welcome to Mindful Chatter. This is a place where we keep it real, keep it relevant, catching up with one another, and most importantly, catching up with you. And you. Especially me. And me. And you. And everyone else. And everybody else in the world. (laughs) This is an opportunity to catch up with people who are in the future. Ooh. Or listening to this retroactively in the you past. You know what? That's so true. I really love that. Yep. We're grabbing the future right now. We're taking their hands and we're guiding them through. Come with us on this adventure, future people. What it used to be. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. So how was your weekend? It was excellent. Yeah? Yeah. It was, it was stunningly beautiful. It was one of my favorite July 4th weekend times. That's ever. awesome. Yeah. Cool. I spent the time with family and having good like food and rum and coke and just i don't know i got i got my i got my fourth of july vibe on nice that sounds excellent yeah cool. what about for yourself yeah it was really good it was spent with um friends eating a lot of really good food oh my gosh i ate so much food i went to this um barbecue that one of my friends was having and they had like literally all of the food you could ever imagine they had this awesome pasta salad it was so yummy and they had this watermelon she made watermelon um it was like a watermelon blueberry feta cheese salad it was so good it was so good i'm like tummy is grumbling just thinking about it about two years ago i was at a rooftop party for fourth of july and it was so high that you could see the fireworks going off in different suburbs in Illinois. Oh, yeah. I've done that before, too. So so cool. On some level, it was really beautiful and great. Then after a while, it started to just become endless, just infinite fireworks. Yeah. It's hard and, to concentrate on just one and appreciate the beauty of it. Yeah. And I started to kind of numb to the feeling of the, like, beautiful bursting lights after a while like i suddenly didn't care like i would just look up and be like oh yep they're still going somewhere in skokie that's such a good point i found that this year i didn't see the fireworks this year and i actually enjoy fireworks and i was kind of like eh, i've seen so many fireworks in my lifetime why see another one like i kind of like was numb to the experience of the fourth of july what is that about like do you ever say for christmas or a holiday event just, you know, boy, I sure I'm numb to presents or I'm numb to my birthday this year. I personally love my birthday, so I'm never numb to my birthday. But like Christmas, for me, it's not about presents. It's more about spending time with family. So yeah, I think I am numb to like the gift giving aspect. I'm kind of like, eh. I'm super excited to give gifts to people, mm-hmm. but like receiving them, I'm kind of like, well, I don't really, I have all the things I need. I don't really need these things. So, um, But that kind of leads into our discussion that we're hoping to talk about today, which is numbing, numbing, num, (laughs) num, 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 and what numbing is. So what would you say numbing looks like for you? And are you even mindful of it? No, Mm. often I'm not sure. Uh, Numbing is a, to me, kind of represents a state where there's an intensity of feeling whether it's pain joy or discomfort of some kind and we're and i'm trying to find a way to like alter it or reduce it Mm. in form Mm -hmm. so 
if I'm experiencing this discomfort with myself, I'm trying to find what's the what's the meta 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 what's the meta morphosis meta meta metaphorical what's the yeah what's the meta meta whoa it's a hard word i totally know what's the tylenol (laughs) what's the damn tylenol you know you know what forget that word what's the damn tylenol for this thing that i'm going through yeah so i'll try to yeah like i'm like i don't like this feeling it's starting to bug me how the hell do i get out of it how do i get rid of it right now and how do i get rid of it how do i numb it a bit I think that for for me, a lot of times, I'm not, I think you're right, you hit the nail on the head. I don't think I'm not aware of being numb. I think that that's something that I don't know until I come out the other side and I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know how I just got to work. I've just been like in this space of thinking and in this space of not being present, not being mindful. And I'm not actually connected though to the thoughts that are happening within my mind. Like I'm not feeling any emotion. I'm just kind of like, ugh. Check this off, check this off, check this off, check this off, whatever. So it's almost this reduction of of color that kind of subtly comes in. I think of like Pleasantville or something where you, I wake up and I see like a very sharp color and then all of a sudden it kind of just gradually fades into a gray or black or white and then it's just kind of just hums. And I can mm-hmm. feel it, but I'm not attached to it sure. and I'm not fully present. And I think... I think a lot of times we go throughout our day in this kind of numb state just to get through it. But then when we get home, we utilize other things to continue to numb ourselves from our experience, whether it's alcohol, drugs, Netflix, um, you know, distracting ourselves and not actually engaging and entertaining. Not, you know, I feel like that happens a lot of times throughout our days. I just have this big, long checklist. Let me just get through it. There's not much emotion to it. And we're not aware of what's happening for us. When I wake up in the morning and I'll check my my guest list and I'll see like how many people that I have to work with that day. And I think I instantly numb myself to some element of it. Especially mm-hmm. the more people I have, the more that I'm going to activate the resources of numbing. So I think when you see an overwhelming event, whether it's work or a task ahead of you, and you start to just feel a little bit like I may not be able to survive this. Mm. So I think that we kind of subtly check out from that moment. Oh, interesting. Do you think as therapists, we kind of have to numb ourselves a little bit in the experience so that we don't completely absorb other people's emotions? That's a really huge question. I, I'm going to sit on this for just like a moment. Mm-hmm. It just came to me. I would say that it's not that I numb myself to people's emotional content it's that i want to show up in a way that reduces interference as much as possible and i don't even think it's fully possible to reduce that interference but i want to try to make sure that if i'm approaching someone and i'm thinking about something else let's say Mm -hmm. that i'm overwhelmed by something then i'd rather even start the session and say hey just so you know I'm a little bit overwhelmed. I got a work thing that I got to go mm-hmm. through. So if I appear distracted, feel free to tell me. Totally. Yeah. And I think that that kind of allows the space that says, hey, I might lose track. Reel me back in if you notice that. And I think it's just a good modeling for people that you don't have to pretend that you're in a state right. that you're not, which to me actually increases the numbing. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, I think that's a really good point. I think... It, 
we do have to numb. Maybe I agree with your point exactly. We do have to maybe numb our personal experiences when going into a therapy setting in a lot of ways. So if I had a really tough day and I'm feeling overwhelmed and I got into a fight with a friend, I have to try to check that at the door to be able to engage. But you're right. It's not just going to automatically disappear from us. It's going to still be sitting there. And there are things that maybe people will bring into session that will trigger that and maybe even elevate it to another level. So I think there is some sort of a little bit of a numbing that needs to be mindful that that's being activated and then kind of just quiet it down a little bit until you can figure it out later. Because I can't go into a session and be like, oh my God, I had this fight with my friend. I can't believe that that happened. You know, like, I know you've got your stuff, but like, I just had like a really tough day today. So like, that's not what therapy is. That's not why people come here. That would be a really great therapy session. That would be a really terrible therapy session. I would love to hear the fight with your friend that you got into, Rachel. That's why I have this podcast. Yeah. So you're paying to come in to see me to get therapy, but instead I switch the tables and you actually pay me for me to vent and vent to you about my problems. And fix your problems. That's not how this works. <laughs> it's, it's giving therapy. It's, it's <laughs> You're paying to give therapy. Train the trainer. Train the trainer. That's not that's not really a, a good way to do it. But I think though, I guess with that being said, even if we go to work and we a lot of people, you know, we try to separate work and life. We walk through that office door and we say, okay, I had a fight with my partner. I'm leaving that outside. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do work. We're trying to compartmentalize, but we numb throughout the entire day and then work super stressful. And then we come home and we're like, I got to numb work because I'm now at home. And we numbed both the personal and the work. And then we come home and then we're like, okay, what do I do now? I really need a glass of wine. I really need to just like watch Netflix. Oh my God, but we're not, see, I became escalated in that moment and elevated in that moment, but I don't think we're as aware of it when we get home. I think we just kind of numb. I love that description of things, that idea that we're just keep this persistent way of being regardless of the changes that are happening throughout our life. There's, I think numbing and boredom Mm. are oddly synonymous feeling states that there's a quality that happens with people where we're not looking at, we're not using our imaginations, we're not using our curiosity, we're not accessing our values of flexibility or adaptability, and we're kind of just shutting down instead. I think that's a really good point. And that makes me think about, you know, other things that affect us throughout the day that maybe we're just not mindful of. We constantly absorb social media, news articles, tons of different things. So that kind of the technology piece that we talked about last week, the internet and all these things that are exciting us, that are interesting us. We absorb all these things all the time. However, a lot of times we don't actually think about how is this affecting me? And sometimes with the news and things that have been happening recently, there's so much of it. And it's kind of a lot of the same thing that we're numb to it because we're like, I can't do anything about this. So why get excited? Why get like, upset. Well, if we're looking at it from this psychological perspective, the when we think about drug addiction or addiction in general, what we're talking about is habit formation. Mm. And what I think that we end up doing, looking back at kind of even your description of the day, we're creating a habit of reducing discomfort mm. over everything else. And the more that we consume it, similar to drugs, the less of an effect it's going to have on us. Right. 
we're going to build up a tolerance to it. So same with these things, same with maybe even emotions. Right. So we find ourselves reading and consuming all of these articles because we're trying maybe to actually access emotional states. Uh, I, I look at Facebook because I want to see what my friends did over the weekend and feel something about it. Now I don't feel anything about it because I'm just like kind of scrolling haphazardly through the screen and I'm not really engaging myself in what these people did. I'm not calling them. I'm not texting them. I'm not even asking like, hey, next time you go, can I come? Or mm. let's get together for this weekend, trying to create more possibility. Mm. It's just that passive kind of like habit yeah. that I think that we're talking about when we're looking at numbing. I see this a lot in guests that come in and they'll say things like, well, you know, when, when I feel really, really stressed out at work, all I really want to do is just turn my mind off. Mm. Yep. And I've been really thinking about that as, as a way to be. What does that even mean? When we really slow it down, what does it mean to just say like, yeah, you know, like I'm really stressed out at work. I just want my brain to be off. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. is, is that possible? Mm -mm. Is that what happens? No way. No way. Because thoughts are going to constantly come up. But we can avoid those thoughts and we can avoid the emotions and do our best to try those things and utilize other things to help us numb, which is scrolling through Facebook or scrolling through news articles or watching yeah. Netflix or using substances or whatever it so is. When I have like an overwhelming day at work and then I'm, I'm trying to numb myself on the bus, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna listen to music. Or I'm gonna put on a podcast and I'm just gonna kind of not really listen, not really pay attention. And then by the time I get home, Aveline is there and she wants to play or she wants to do something. When I say that I wanna turn my mind off, I'm literally using behavior that stops engaging me in the thing that is happening in the moment that's happening. Yep. So now I'm not gonna really play with her. I'm gonna turn it into a chore. I'm gonna turn that moment into work. Yeah. Then finally, I'm gonna get through that experience, put her to bed, and then you know what's kind of fucked up? My mind comes back online and I miss her. And so you can see like that cost of numbing that that idea of looking at prioritizing turning some part some aspect of our identity some aspect of ourselves off from feeling yeah and then you can miss out on so much yeah and you can miss out on so much versus if i just told Aveline, sometimes the best days that we have is i'll say okay daddy's really tired and we're gonna go to the park anyway going to have to play with a slightly tired dad because at least in that moment you're acknowledging it a lot of times people numb because they're avoiding feeling stressed out they're avoiding feeling angry about a fight that they just had they're avoiding feeling anxious a lot of times it is this avoidance piece but by you not only in sessions and also with your daughter saying hey I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or I'm feeling a little tired today. You're at least acknowledging it. And I think that that can connect you with your experience so much more. It's something that we've talked about now that we're going into it. It's something we've talked about, I think, in kind of so many different forms. Absolutely. That the best thing you can do is have awareness of the thing that you're feeling mm -hmm. or the thing that you're going through and name it, label it. Don't try to change the intensity of it. Don't try to make it go away or disappear. Yeah. Because the more that you try that, 
you're formulating really terrible habits for yourself that, like you said, the addictive property of it is you build the tolerance and you're going to need more and more and more. Instead of one episode, you're going to need five, you know, it's so true. And I, I think a lot of times we struggle in those moments and it's fine. I guess, you know, if you've had a stressful day, it's totally fine to come home and watch an episode of Seinfeld or have a glass of wine. That's totally fine. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying though, is actually acknowledging I'm stressed out. I'm going to utilize watching TV or playing or going for a walk or playing with my daughter or whatever it is, but implementing things other than just distraction, other than things that are just numbing us, implementing things that are going to help us to engage and feel better because the numbing isn't going to make you feel better. There's a tremendous difference. Not always at least. In coming home, when I come home and I'm flat and I don't admit that to myself or my family, And when I come in and I say, hey, I really had a hard day. What I want to do is I just want to take 30 minutes to just like kind of unwind. Would you mind helping me with this? And then in about 30, 40 minutes, I'm going to come out and we're going to go do this. Mm. In that way, I'm intentional. I'm connecting. I'm making sure that people can't read my mind. No. This reminds me of um, recently my dad, I was on vacation and my mom calls me and she's like, Hey, your dad's not feeling very well. And I was like, Oh gosh, okay. What's happening? Cause my dad can be a little stubborn. Love him. He's amazing. Um, but he can be a little stubborn sometimes, but she was going, I was gone and I obviously I live in Chicago anyways, but she was then going on vacation somewhere and he was going to be by himself. And so I called him. I was like, Hey dad, like what's going on? And he's like, well, you know, like I just didn't feel well this morning. And like, my left arm started hurting and I felt kind of dizzy. And I was like, okay, well, you need to go to the hospital. And he's like, no, he's like, I don't want to wait in the ER. I don't want to wait. He's like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Like, I'm just going to like do whatever. And so I hang up the phone and I call my brother and I was like, David, you need to go and talk to dad and convince him that he's got to go to the emergency room. And like my, and my dad's mind. So I call my dad back. I was like, David's coming over. And he's like, Ugh. I don't want to deal with this. I'm fine. He's like numbing the fact that he might actually have something wrong with him. And he's convinced himself. He's like, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I know my body. There's nothing wrong with me. And in our minds, we're like, oh my God, we're all freaking out. He's like, don't put that on me. I'm fine. So anyways, he ends up deciding to go to the emergency room, but he's like huffing and puffing the whole way there. He had to like, he literally went and grabbed a burger and a book before going to the emergency room for feeling dizzy and his left arm hurting. I was like, dad, this sounds exactly like a heart attack. Like you need to like figure this out. Well, nothing quickly numbs you out. Like your default state's like, oh, I should grab a delicious burger. Yes. And this will make me feel a little bit better to distract myself from this. Totally. I mean, luckily he did end up going and he was perfectly fine. But I think that's a perfect example of not necessarily listening to our bodies and numbing the fact that we don't, maybe we don't want to know that there's something wrong with us. Maybe we don't want to deal with it. Or maybe we need to use things to help us cope with the fact that maybe there is something wrong. I think that there's, there's this bit of wisdom too in that you have to, to make attempts to change, you have to enlist other people. It took your brother, it took you, it took all of that listening to get your dad to finally listen to himself. Mm -hmm. And it's, once again, healing is a dialogue-based process. It's not something that is a monologue. Right. There's reflective listening and then there's reflective speaking and talking. And 
for me, I think what's interesting is in your scenario you're describing, when there's discomfort, when there's pain, and how do we move to a state of health? Mm-hmm. Well, what's fascinating is I think over the last few months, I found myself numbing through pain, mm-hmm. through kind of entering into difficult experiences and refusing to do things that were gonna bring me joy or happiness or anything like that. So you were numbing your experience of being able to even have joy, to have happy moments, to have excitement. Yeah, to connect. So you couldn't even feel those things. So I couldn't even feel those things. And what's, what's even crazier is I wanted to numb those things out so much that I stopped contacting friends, I stopped going out, I started hiding parts of myself from other people. And I was just insulating myself in this kind of layer of bubble wrap of discomfort and shame and guilt and pain. And I was just staying in that space. And I was numbing myself to the stuff that would get me out of it. Mm, That's such a huge cost to it, is if we numb, and even if we numb in, in moments of pain, we might not be able to experience the pleasure or the excitement, the joy that also comes. Emotions are kind of, you know, they ebb and they flow. They go up and down. There's like tons of things that they do. You know, they change constantly. And I think you can see in that space that that's, that's the interesting thing about numbing. How do you know, you know, part of our, our intention with our podcast is how can you tell? How can we notice and observe these things in our bodies, in our world? Well, when you're starting to plateau, when you're creating one feeling state and you're like, well, my life is just this way. It's just pain. You know, my relationship is just all bad or everything is going into just a monotone kind of space. Mm -hmm. Then you know that on some level you are numbing because there's so many threads. There's so many qualities in life, in a life, in a given day, in a given hour that are accessible. And you're choosing and actively seeking to kind of just pick one lane. Mm -hmm. And for me... And I think for a lot of people, sometimes that lane can actually be discomfort. So you can have people come in and they'll say, oh, no, no, I'm not numb. I'm I'm just I'm just in pain. I'm in suffering. Mm. I've been in suffering for a long time. Sure. And then I'll say, OK, well, what have you done to make yourself happy? Nothing. Well, then you're numbing. Yeah. That's not your real life. That's not who you really are. That's not who I really was. I was just afraid to experience happiness because I knew that any sense of joy would mean that maybe the situation I was in, I'd have to actually directly deal with it. And it would change what was happening. And I didn't want to deal with that change. There are ways that numbing can be good and can be helpful. Is Numbing is something our body does to help us take away briefly from periods of time that are painful. So if you break your arm, instantly chemicals release in your brain and that part actually feels better for a second. Right, which allows you to access help and do the thing that you need to do. Bingo. But it should be a temporary thing because then, I mean, five minutes later, it's going to hurt like hell. And for the next couple of weeks, it's going to hurt like hell. But you still have to experience that, that pain. I mean, you could take lots of pain pills, but that's really not going to be super helpful. And guess what? The pain's still there and the healing still has to happen. I love that stipulation that you're putting there that yes, numbing when intentionally kind of observed is a functional thing. Once again, I don't think that either of us are saying anything is like really good or bad. It just is. Yep. 
And we have to be conscious of how long is this thing lasting? If I'm numbing myself for days and weeks, that's an issue. That's a bigger problem. Yeah. That's going to cause greater damage to my life. Absolutely. I had a guest that came in and went through a really tough breakup and like was with this person on and off for two years. And it was like really hard. She numbed for a good two weeks or so. And then finally came into session and was like, I feel sad. And I was like, hell yeah. Thank you. Yes, you do. You're allowed to feel sad. You just went through a breakup. Of course you feel sad. Like that is just so incredible that I think that it temporarily numbing helped her to be able to still go to work, helped her to still be able to engage with friends, all of that stuff. So it got her to a point where it wasn't as fresh and now she can feel sad and it won't be too extreme. What's kind of beautiful, I think, is this notion that no matter what happens in life, we have the capacity to move towards the to the next moment. To the yeah. like, you know, it reminds me of the um, there's a Hebrew saying like this too shall pass, and it's kind of slowing ourselves down and acknowledging that space that okay, I got hurt, I'm numbing right now. This moment will pass and we'll turn into the next thing. Mm. And as long as we can be kind of conscious and intentional, we can remember and also gain access to learning. Part of what was so important to me in in becoming a clinical therapist and doing the work that that I've done is there's all this great challenge that our guests present and listening to them go through it and survive it gives me so much of a thorough understanding of how to go through really challenging things and survive those things too. And so I think that when we kind of allow ourselves to temporarily numb and then begin to speak or articulate to ourselves, to other people, what we've just been through, kind of that opening up that your guests did, mm-hmm. then we can actually take back the pieces and we can reclaim parts of our strength, parts of our identity, well, parts of our resiliency. We can start to learn from the experience and right. we can start to identify and, va- and um, evaluate more of what are our values and how do we want to grow from this experience. But we can't do that if we're numb, if we just constantly, you know, are watching TV or using substances or whatever it is to numb ourselves. So, um, but it also kind of reminds me too that a lot of times throughout our days, if we just numb ourselves throughout our days, as we were kind of saying, we miss out on so many different things. And I think it would be really awesome to try to connect instead of, okay, today, Wednesday, I've got to do this, 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 this. How about today? Well, today's Thursday, actually. Today, Thursday, I got to spend time with Fabrice and Alan, and that was an awesome moment that I got to be mindful of. And I don't want to numb myself to just going through, okay, today's Thursday, I I have sessions, I have to do the podcast, I have to... No, I want to stay in this moment. I want to absorb the energy of this moment. I want to remember this moment and not look back in a week and be like, wait, what did we talk about? There was this time a few months ago, this must have been like last November, I was hitting kind of a really great spiritual and emotional crisis. And Alan actually came to visit me on the day that like all of this stuff kind of had exploded and blown up in my face and I was just out of sorts. And he he comes over, he happened to randomly take the day off. I called off because I wasn't in a good space comes over and he's like, all right, we're going to go to get breakfast and I just want you to come with me. And 
I remember at that moment, I felt like my entire walk with him, I was just covered in just wax. I couldn't feel or touch anything. So we get into this like really crappy kind of diner right by our house and we sit down and I order a coffee. He orders a coffee and as I'm about to drink it, Alan looks at me and he goes, no, he goes, slow down, slow down, slow down. He goes, just for a moment. I was like, I want you to think about something. And he says, you know, look at that coffee and imagine that as you picked it up, instead of just like chugging it down, just imagine that you just sipped it, just took it in really slow and really intentionally. How long do you think that cup of coffee would last? And I looked at him and I said, maybe for a while, forever, even if I really, really went slowly. And he was like, that's what you have to do with your life. He was like, you can't just chug and take everything down so quickly. You got to learn to sip. Yeah, it sounds like in that moment, you were really trying to feel something you're trying to feel the caffeine you're trying to feel excited and trying to because you're feeling so numb and maybe sometimes we rush into trying to feel something again but i love that idea of mindfully eating mindfully sipping mindfully enjoying moments that we have and experiences that we have with people so that we can look back on it in months and say wow that was really meaningful for me yeah or that was the thing that saved me in that moment This has been our 16, our Sweet 16 episode. Wow. Sweet 16. We're growing up. We're growing up. We're getting, we're teenagers now. Like angsty teenagers. Just numbing ourselves. Yeah. Numbing. Numbing. Everything. Yeah. So this episode was about the cost of numbing. We would love to hear anything um, that you guys, any um, questions, any thoughts on this episode in particular. We'd love to hear about it. Alan is the producer of our podcast. He has a SoundCloud account, soundcloud.com slash Vibes, and he's going to have some new music out, out soon, out sound, out soon. So You're, head so, over. you're so excited that you can I'm so excited. It. So it's going to be so good. Um, we have a website. Head over, check, out it, check it out at mindfulchatter.org. Subscribe to our channels on iTunes. It is as Mindful Chatter. We're also up on soundcloud.com slash mindfulchat. Feel free to head over to Twitter and follow us on there at Mindful Chat. We would love if you would share us with any friends or family. Send any inquiries that you have to mindfulchatterpodcast.com. And we would love to get reviews. We want to know how we're doing. We want to make sure that you share us. Last time we asked for you to share us with your moms. And this time we're asking you to share with us with your dads your dads your dads that's yeah. what we want today your dads we want we want your dads we want to hear responses from your dads don't numb us out don't if numb you're us listening out. to us right now we're telling you what to do don't just sit there idly <laughs> just passively just consuming this don't no. numb. take this podcast and go do something with it go wake up your father wherever he is or a father again a father go find <laughs> Go find a father. A father. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be yours. It can be any. It can be your friend's father. Be I'm cool with that too. That would be, yeah, there you go. I Different. wonder if they would like our podcast. I don't know. But anyways. This has been Mindful Chatter. And see you next time.